0: Love talk Radio. Oh, It's that time again
1: with Tanya White. It is our moving from just being okay to outstanding month. And y'all know, since I love music, I had to kick it with Charlie Whistling the Gap Band Outstanding. That's going to be our theme song All Month. And so we're excited tonight to be on Thursday night at seven o'clock once again. We're going to have a fantabulous show tonight. So if you're just tuning in or your first time listener, I am your host, Tanya White, and I'm excited As always, to have another show that is uniquely designed with you in in mind. As I said, we're kicking off moving from being okay to outstanding. So for the next five weeks, we're going to be discussing some terrific, timely, and transforming topics that will help you change your no-I-can't attitudes into yes-I-can't actions. Tonight, we're going to be discussing forsakenness, letting go after a divorce, and becoming spiritually fit. And we have three wonderful guests on tonight tonight. Vanessa Miller, Essen's best-selling author, and she has a brand-new book out. I think it came out this week called Forsaken. And just reading the trailers and all the excerpts is going to be another hot book. We also have Nancy Kaiser. Um, she is the author of Letting Go, and that's talking about healing and transformation after divorce. Uh, and then to close out the show, we have The Charismatic life coach and author of Unleashing Your Breakthrough, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, Kama Enku. and we're going to see if I pronounce that right. So you see, as always, tonight's show is going to get you fit, and and it fits our rated R theme, which means real relevant and refreshing. Uh, Before we get to our first guest in just about five minutes, I want to invite you also to become uh, one of our sensational sponsors we have four fantastic levels that will meet your uh, pocketbook, so visit TanyaWhite.com, and that's Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, White is in the color.com, or shoot me an email at RealTalk at TanyaWhite, and I will send you a package, and we can discuss how you can become one of our sensational sponsors for the Real Talk with Tanya White show. And while you're visiting Real Talk, uh, TanyaWhite.com, I, want, I would love for you to do two things. First, sign up for my free Inspirational and motivational newsletter, Tanya's Tips. It gives you tips for today to transform your tomorrow. It is sent out every Thursday, and today's topic was entitled, Your fourth Down Decisions Are Critical. Any football lovers out there know exactly what I'm talking about. So visit TanyaWhite.com and uh, click the newsletter out, uh, icon and read that and then sign up for it. And also, I want you to purchase my brand-new hot book. I must say, it's hot. I love it from the cover, from the contents, And I've been getting some uh, great feedback uh, from the book, The 99 Males Who Make Your Life a Living Hell. It is a woman's guide for creating a drama-free life while dealing with difficult men who cr- cause strife. I had a phenomenal release week so far, and readers kept me very, very busy at the post office. And we gave away uh, $50 to one winner, who ordered the book on the release day, which was Tuesday, September 29th. And we'd like to say congratulations to Ms. LaShawn of Philadelphia. Thank you so much. Keep those orders coming, because during the month of October, we are donating 20% of the proceeds, the net proceeds, to Rhonda's Another Chance, a women's transition house here in Louisville. And it services women who are victims of domestic violence, who have just been released from incarceration, who deal with addiction, um, Mona Page, the founder and director of that, is a very sweet woman. So we're we're doing this for the second year. So when you buy The 99 Males Who Make Your Life a Living Hell or Relationship Reruns or How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, during the month of October, 20% of your dollars will go to Rhonda's Another Chance. And also, if you would like me to be a guest on your show to talk about my brand new book, The 99 Males Who Make Your Life a Living Hell, just shoot me an email at tanya. Tanya at TanyaWhite.com, and we will get back in contact with you as soon as possible and try to uh, get that scheduled ASAP. I love to talk, and I'm loving talking about my book and uh, everything. And so we're going to get set to talk to our first fantastic guest, but I'd like to say hello to everyone in the chat: Adrena Turner, BBW Diva, guests, and everyone who is uh, on the line. And clicking on, welcome to The Real Talk with Tanya White Show. And we're going to get right into it because I see our first guest is on the line. If you are a lover of uh, Christian fiction, you know the name Vanessa Miller. She is the author of many, many books, essence best-selling author of uh, books such as uh, The Rain Series, uh, Rainstorm, Through the Storm, ladder Rain, and she has a brand-new book out, which is so timely, called Forsaken. And uh, about Pastor Jerome J.T. Thomas, a charismatic uh, pastor, charming uh, pulpit preacher, who falls short of doing some things, some extracurricular activities, and she's going to tell us exactly what some of those things are. So we'd like to welcome for the first, but I hope not the last time, to the Real Talk with Tanya White show, Miss Vanessa Miller. Hello, Miss Miller, how are you?
2: Excellent, how
1: are you doing? I am fantastic. excited to talk about this hot new book called "Forsaken," which is so timely, uh, not only in the Christian arena, but in the world today, uh, as we see everybody doing uh, things and uh, falling short. So before we get right. started with all these questions, Ms Miller, I want you to tell us who you are in your own work.
2: Well, I'm Vanessa. I am a writer. I I love to write, I, I love God, and I, I just believe in getting out there, spreading um the good news, and I spread the good news through through my books.
1: Your many wonderful books, I might add, and this looks like another uh, bestseller. Um, this
2: I sure I hope so.
1: Oh, girl, yes, it is going to be a bestseller, because like I said, it's so timely, uh, not only what's going on in the Christian world, but what's going on in the w- world as a whole with men and women. Um, sins coming to light, things coming um, yeah. to the light. So I know it is going to be. Now, what was your inspiration for writing this book?
2: Well, I'll tell you, I a couple years ago, because um, usually I write my books probably a year before they actually come out, and probably the proposal was put in even a year before that. So it was about two years ago when um, this book first um, was conceived. I, I was just reading um, so much stuff in in the news um, about pastors that had had fallen, or in the media, or either I would see it on TV. And um, God was showing me, you know, look look at what's going on, look at it closer. And what I wanted to show uh, when I wrote this book, because I really believe that um, God was directing me to write it, because I have never written a story about a a main character who's a pastor and who's just into so much mess Mm
3: -hmm. because
2: I I don't like stories like that necessarily. But the direction that this story um, went into was, yes, when you first meet um, JT, you realize that he's a fallen pastor. That is still in the pulpit preaching. Yes. But what happens is when he really begins to understand that he is fallen and that he basically has fallen short of God's glory, he he understands that, you know, he started in this ministry because he was in love with God. And he begins to turn back to God. What what happens with a lot of people is they get caught in whatever they're into and instead of trying to turn back to God, they try and cover it up. They mm-hmm. try and yeah, they try and make it right with man because, see, they don't want to lose their um their speaking engagements. They don't want to lose their church members because they don't want to lose the tithes and the offering that's coming in. So they try and cover it up. But what people really need to understand is you can't cover up anything because God sees it all. You know, you may make make everything right with man, but the person that you really need to be making it right with is God. And that's what J.T. comes to understand in
1: Forsaken. Wow. Now, you said something so right on point. We try to cover it up, and uh, and I think it's so fitting uh, that when you cover things up, you're really not covering it up, but you're eating away at your soul. Because correct. Yeah. Because some, like you said, we're we're trying to make it right with man, but. Really, we should be getting that thing right with God because once we get it right with God, then everybody, it may take people time because it takes us time to forgive and, you know, restore trust, but it's going to fall into place when uh, we get our relationship uh, right with God. Why do you think people hesitate so much uh, getting that right relationship back with God, and when they do, they find it an even tougher time to reconcile and restore uh, the broken relationships that they were responsible for.
2: Well, I, so I really truly believe that some people, they get so far in the ministry and what happens is people are people are calling their names and they forget mm-hmm. that it should have been God's name mm-hmm. that people are calling. And so this thing becomes about them mm-hmm. and not about him. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you, they can get so far in, so far gone, that they don't know how to come back. And so so that's that becomes a problem. But that's why I wanted to write this book because this book shows you how to come back. It it shows you, yes, you can fall, but this is this is a book about how to get back up. You know. Mm-hmm. Not a, it's yeah, it's not about a preacher who, who just is constantly in in um methaniah. and I will tell you um, yeah, at the beginning of the book, I mean, this book is drama packed, and yes, he he is he is in some mess. Um, but then, as you begin to go through the book, go through the book, you, you see his understanding of of God, and and. His his desire to get back in the right place with God, and that's how I feel like it should be when when we because we all fall short. Yes, yes, we do. You know, your sin may not be my sin, mine may not be yours, but we all fall short. And so there's, there's, there's no no pointing of fingers, but I I do believe that there's there's a way that you get back up. And sometimes people pretend like they they got back up, They we haven't, and they they're, they're still standing. In, in the in the wrong place and, and people don't understand that. See, when this thing is all over, it's 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 about you and God. Right. It's
0: not
2: it's not about how many people you you, you faked into believing you were, um, this great person. Exactly. Because God knows whether you are or not. And for that's all I'm just trying to get a message out to to as many people as I can to help them understand it's about you and God. You and in, God. in the end, you and God. You and God. And if you just
1: join Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Vanessa Miller, author of many uh, uh, best-selling books, but she has a new one out called Forsaken, and that's what we're talking about. Now, Vanessa, you said something uh, key that uh, grabbed my attention. You said something about it's not about pointing fingers. And uh, sometimes I believe when you're a leader, Sometimes we can think that people are pointing fingers, but really they're just trying to hold us accountable. Can you explain the difference between that?
2: And what do you mean? Uh, between, which people pointing somebody, fingers?
1: Between uh, Christians pointing uh, fingers at other Christians who have fallen and those Christians right. who are trying to keep them, hold them accountable because they are, they are Christians, they are leaders. Can you explain the difference between the two, if you can?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I I really believe that. See, what happens is when you become a leader, um, in, in, okay, you're in the church, you're in leadership. Well, people expect you to live up to a certain standard because that standard is in the Bible. Um, everybody, um, everybody that can read can can see how you are supposed to act. folks to us, husband a one wife, you know, if you know you you're not supposed to commit adultery. Now, if you if you're a woman pastor and you're the wife of one husband. Yes. You know, it, it tells you um, no adultery, no fornication, no yes. lying, no stealing. You know, if, it, it, if you can read the Bible, then you can read and understand how that pastor is supposed to be. So when so when they fall short, then people are saying, "Wait a minute, this does not line up with right. what my Bible tells me." With what my Bible tells me, I'm supposed to see in you and yes. see. We and leadership—they're supposed to be a representation of of what's in their church. You know, if you are a crazy pastor, you probably got a whole bunch of crazy right. members.
1: Woo! Can you, you know? hear, Miss <laughs> Vanessa? Because I thought it said- was just in my area, but no, it's a- <laughs> oh, no.
2: If you're a crazy pastor, you got a whole bunch of crazy members. If, you, if you're a pastor that, that, that's full of the Word, that's preaching the Word, living by the Word, you got a whole bunch of members that, that's living by the Word, that, that's reading the Word, that, that, that's full of it because they're hungry for it because they're living up to what their leadership is showing them. You know, you got a pastor that's um all, all type of sin going on, um, all type of sin going on in this church, but probably all type of sin going on in the pulpit. Mhm. Oh. And so that's what, what happens. Is as the leadership goes, so goes the, the flock. Mm-hmm. So that's why the people then say, Well, wait a minute, this isn't supposed to be right because the pastor is supposed to lead the congregation in that which way they're supposed to go.
1: Exactly. Now,
2: they're supposed to go God's way, and I really believe now. If, you, if you're in a church where the people just aren't going right, it's still your responsibility to read that word and to find out which way God is trying to tell you to go, and yes. it's nice. You know, there, there's no excuse. We can't just live any kind of way just because we see somebody else living any old kind of way. If your pastor's living any old kind of way, you might want to find another church. Now, pray write. for him.
1: <laughs> to Pray for him or her. Uh-huh. Pray for
2: him, but yeah. get yourself somewhere where the the people of God are trying to live the way God has called them to live.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, ooh, that was a, a show enough release because uh, that that's a problem in the kingdom of God, and uh, we're getting Unfortunately. a lot of Unfortunately, we are getting a lot of things distorted when people are trying to hold leaders accountable and leaders making excuses and twisting the word. So. I am so glad that uh, the Lord led you to write Forsaken because you said this is about getting back. Now I want to before we get to the getting back part, why do, uh, name three reasons why you think pastors or Christians in general fall prey to the uh, the traps whether the sex and it's usually sex, money, and every uh, those are the two things that really take them fall. Um, uh, what where do we go wrong as Christians that make us say you know? I'm gonna go all the way into ungodliness.
2: Oh, I, you know, I, I wish I knew. I, I can, I can give you my opinion on that, but I really believe that we don't really know the hearts and minds of of the people and and what happens to make um, a certain person fall. Um, yes. what, what may and, and I show you in in the book of and Forsaken what happened to J T. because mm-hmm. I. I do believe that there is a moment, there is a time, there there is a place in that Christian's life that causes them to turn back. Mm -hmm. Um, It may be something that they didn't understand when it happened. If something happened, and so because if they started out just really on fire Mm -hmm. for God, well, what happened? They got you off your course.
4: Mm -hmm. And
2: so I believe if we begin to examine what happened, and that may help you to to come back in line with with God, but mm-hmm. you know I, sometimes, and I really believe that, especially for pastors, obviously what what happens to a lot of them because we're we're in the era era of mega churches, mm-hmm. and what happens a lot of times, um, unfortunately, with pastors is the people have made them their God, mm-hmm. and sometimes the if the pastor is not careful, and I don't even think. he, the pastor intends to then begin to believe, you know, as they say, believe your own press. Right.
3: Um,
2: but, but when it but when it comes so strong and these people are just making you their God instead of um turning to God as God, you know, sometimes people begin to fall because of that. Now now you got so many demands on you got more demands than Jesus Christ had. When mm-hmm. you come when you come into a place we got to we got to lay everything out for you because you're so special. You know, <laughs> yes, you are special, but you are special because you are the person that God has put in place to teach His people. You are supposed to be a servant to God's people,
5: mm-hmm.
2: and when people forget that they are serving to God's people, you know, and and they expect to be served. Yes. You know what? Don is going to have you served because, you know, you're God's person. So he's going to make sure you're taken care of. But when you constantly demanding it, what happened there? You know, there, there are times when you deal with people in, in ministry and, you know, they're, you know, preachers, they're, they're teachers, they're, they're singers and, and their attitude is not Christ-like. Something happened. Something happened to turn them from that and and what all I'm saying and forsaken is, we have to turn back to God, mm-hmm. and we have to let God be God, and 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 we become His servants again.
1: Yes, it's so true, and uh, I've often heard this uh, from some preacher colleagues uh, the, that the anointing is very attractive, and yes. really annoying. There's certain, if you're under a, a heavy a heavier. Um, yeah. You know, attack of all all the things of temptation. So the noise is very fast, and so that's why you have to be careful who you surround yourself with. Because I I also think who who is in your inner circle, who is on your leadership team, plays a part in that that yes. moment. Like you say, that you make that choice to go the other way.
0: Yes,
1: yeah. So if you just joined us, this book it sounds un- like another hot one, Miss Vanessa, talking to <laughs> Ms. Williams. Uh, oh, Vanessa Miller, I know you get that all the time, Vanessa Williams. Yeah, that's you okay. About, uh, <laughs> about forsaken. Now, I want to go to the part where you say you show us how to get back. Um, because the whole concept is, you say JT feels forsaken. But we, we as Christians know that in Hebrews it says God will never leave us or forsake us.
2: Yes, yeah, but but we can but we can walk away from God.
1: Okay. And I believe, I
2: believe our, I, okay, go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Now, I want you to explain how, how that we can feel that, that God has forsaken us when, uh, when it's clear in the scriptures said that he would okay. never forgive us. How can we... Feel?
2: Right. Now, now, the premise of this book shows that um, there's JT gets to a point where he has done so much that God really basically takes his hand off of him. Okay. God has put, put favor on JT's life. JT is, is a walking um, depiction of God's favor. Okay. and then he he begins to slip up. He begins to do um certain things and you'll find out in the in the book the reason um for for his slip. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, there there was a there comes a point when God basically takes his hand off of JT. Mm-hmm. And then all these things start happening uh, to him and mm-hmm. and it is because that is why he begins to feel forsaken because um he never um all through his ministry, just things began to... Just things happened for him just, you know... Easily. Just, be, just because, you mm-hmm. know, just... And, but he didn't recognize that this was God's favor on him until until the favor of God was taken off. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then when so much started happening, that's when he said, wait a minute, maybe all of this stuff stayed together because God was keeping it together. Yes. And yes. now... God is not keeping this stuff together for me anymore, and so, and I believe that people really need to understand that God is not obligated to keep all your stuff together when you won't do right by Him.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, that
2: does not mean that necessarily God has forsaken you, um, yes. because He's He's still standing there with open arms, but He's waiting on you to come back.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's an excellent, uh, excellent uh, explanation. Because, like you said, uh, God is not obligated, and we have. To, he wants us to make that, you know, that choice to come back to Him.
2: Right. Um, you know, I, I think people um, really need to see in the Bible. It always says, God says, "I will do this if you do that. I will do right. this if you do that." You know, uh, it's it's all in there. But if you read the next, if you, God's blessings are in all in there, but if you read the next line, there's something right there for you to do. And it's uh, and it's all lining up with living right. You know, he he's not asking much of you. <laughs> he's he's just asking your reasonable service. Reasonable, you know. And that is says, if you walk up if you walk up right before me, you know what I mean. Yeah. There, there are certain things he, he's saying. Walk up right before me, then I'm gonna do this. You know, or or if he says I'm gonna do this now, now hold on, but yeah. I'm asking you to do that. You know, and it all is is in line with. I was asking you
1: to do it, live right, love live it. right And when, when you, and sometimes when God takes His hand and His anointing, His favor, we try to make shifts and manipulate our blessings
3: to get mm-hmm. back
1: to where that is, and and that doesn't work either. So it's just Correct. easier just to humble yourself, confess to God, and and, and like you said, restore that relationship with God, because when He completely restores you, uh, then your relationships with the people that you've hurt and the relationships that. Uh, were torn will eventually come back into line. It's not going to happen like when people think it's going to magically happen just because I said I'm, I'm turning my life around. It takes time. Right. <laughs> it takes time to reveal. Sounds like a hot book, Miss Vanessa. Thank you so much for joining us. Any last words of wisdom you want to leave with us or upcoming projects that you have uh, after Forsaken? I know you got uh, uh, other books on the burner
2: uh yeah yes i do um i actually have four books coming out next year one of them is the sequel to forsaken It's called forgiven and mm-hmm. um so that book comes out in june 2010 it is it is jt's wife's story it's Cassandra's story so please check that one out i i guarantee you you will love it i i, I actually love that book it is a, a softer feel to that book and um So that was called Forgiven. Then in April of 2010, Yesterday's Promise, which is the Christian romance and the sequel to it, um, Tomorrow's Promise, will be out in October 2010, and then I have a... A standalone book, and it is titled Long Time Coming, which will be out in November 2010. So please check me out. I'm giving you a lot to read next year. Girl,
1: you you are positioning yourself to win in oh in 2010. I see that. I'm trying and I love books, and let me ask you this before I let you go. How hard was it you as a female writing uh, a male character, and really getting into the mind of of a man and a man pastor? Was that difficult for you?
2: You know. And I, I try and step back, and I try and go, okay, wait a minute, is, is this something a man would do? Because you know, as a woman, we tend to be more emotional yeah. on on certain levels. And you know, i try tried sometimes. I used to have you know a, a guy read it and say, wait a minute, would would the guy do this? And you know, they would be like, no, nah, no, nah, he ain't gonna say that. <laughs> so I, but now, so I try and make it more so, and it, and it is more thought to it because I have to try and think like how this man would feel about this situation rather than how the woman would feel. So it it is different, you're right. So I okay. was it harder, I I wouldn't necessarily say harder because it's just more like research to me. Um okay. and I have to research a lot a lot of parts of, of my books. And so but it is a different feel to, to do a male character for me.
1: Cool. I just wanted to uh, see how that Because so that is like you said, we we're very emotional. We have <laughs> the things are emotional.
2: Right.
1: And are different. Well, I'm gonna get my copy this weekend and read it. It sounds like a book. Okay. and you said Forgiven is coming out April.
2: No, Forgiven and will be out June two thousand and ten.
1: Okay. And you have four, so we're gonna keep watch on you and hopefully have you back next year. But if nothing else you have a fantabulous weekend and much success on
2: Forsaken. Can you give us your contact can, information? Give us your contact yes, information. I'm sorry. Yes, my, my website address is Com. You can get the book on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, or Borders, Books a Million, and Walmart. Um, so please go out um, this week, pick up your copy. The first week sales are, are always the most important. That's why I'm on the road right now. I'm um, out to to do my thing and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and to sell some books. I so, like but, but please um, go out, get your copy. I hope you enjoy the book, and, and if you guys enjoy it, also please go to Amazon.com and write a review. I appreciate it.
1: Yes. Well, and, we...
2: and congratulations to you on your release also.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So we're both busy this week. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm going to read my get my copy this weekend and read it and write a review and send you feedback because already this is so timely. Uh, Thank you so, very much I know it's going to be good Well, you have a great uh, weekend And we'll talk to you soon
2: Okay, bye-bye Bye-bye
1: All right, if you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White We just ended um interview with Vanessa Miller Author of Forsaken We're going to take a break and get set to uh, talk to Nancy Kaiser Author of a Letting Go We're going to listen to one of my favorite, favorite Absolute favorite singers, Selena Johnson Talking about the voice And When you fall in, when you feel dismay, what you need to do. We'll be back in about four minutes.
4: And when I cannot have.
1: Hey, welcome back to The Real Talk with Tanya White Show. Our theme this month is uh, moving from okay to outstanding, and we're talking about being forsaken and letting go of the hurt and becoming spiritually fit. We just ended our uh, interview with Vanessa Miller, author of the new book, Forsaken. Um, Get that. Go to vanessamiller.com, and she is Essence's best-selling author of many, many books. But Forsaken seems to be uh, so fitting for these times. Now we're going to bring on Reverend Nancy Kaiser, she is the author of the book *Letting Go*. Um, let me get correct first *Letting Go*: uh, An Ordinary Woman's Extraordinary Journey of Healing and Transformation. She talks about letting go after her divorce, and she's going to come on and talk to us how she what inspired her to write this book and how we can let go of hurtful situations. Welcome to the Real Talk with Tanya White show, Miss Nancy Kaiser. Hello, Miss Nancy. How are you?
5: Hi, Tanya. I'm fine. How are you? I'm fabulous
1: today. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight and sharing uh, your wisdom about letting go. Uh, Before we get started, can you tell us who you are in your own words, and then we'll dive into our questions.
5: Sure. Um, And I wanted to thank you for the opportunity of letting me, you know, make your listeners aware of letting go and hopefully reaching out to whoever in your audience can benefit from it. Um, I'm a pharmacist, retired, who married a horse vet, mm-hmm. a Jersey girl, born and raised in New Jersey, although I'm currently living in the mountains of North Carolina. But wow, I married that's a big a horse- transition. Excuse me? <laughs>
1: that's a big transition from Jersey to
5: the mountains. Yes. Well, I married a horse vet, and I left pharmacy. I had had horses all my life, so that was sort of how I knew, knew this man. And we got married, and I left pharmacy to, to manage our horse farm and equine hospital, which we had in central New Jersey. And I did that for 27 years, and in '04, my husband was ready to retire. So we sold the farm and moved to the mountains of North Carolina. We bought some acreage down here, and we were starting to build our dream retirement home and actually, six weeks into construction of the house, he confessed to me that he never wanted this house, and he never wanted to be here, and it was all my dream, and I just was totally stunned and clueless. I mean, I I had no idea that there was a problem. We'd been together 29 years, mm-hmm. worked together side by side, so... Essentially, within a week we were separated, and about seven months later divorced. Mm-hmm. I was 600 miles from everybody I knew. I didn't have a home because we weren't going to complete the construction on the house,
4: mm-hmm.
5: so I had to find a home to live in. I didn't have a job since we had retired, you know, from the farm. I'm an animal communicator. Is my day job, and I really hadn't been practicing that because my parents lived on the farm with us and they both developed cancers in 99. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have time once they got ill and all the farm requirements that I had and the vet office to run, I didn't have time to devote to any animal communication work. So I essentially had stopped that part of my business. So, here I was with you know no husband and no friends and no home and no job, and I had been clueless, and it was devastating, absolutely devastating
1: now, with all that you said that that is very traumatizing. You said you had uh ill parents and you know your husband of twenty seven years you had been together twenty nine said you know yep never have him leave, he never want to be here what what feelings we're going through your mind. We know sadness, but what other feelings oh, you would, going through your mind?
5: You know, I had my folks had passed in 2000, okay. and that was probably the first time that I really had much letting go to do. Okay. And that's just in the normal, you know, you expect your parents to die at some point. They were both in their 80s. Mm-hmm. In 04, I let go of the farm, but that was my conscious choice. You know, I knew it was time and it was right for us. It was very, you know, sad when we left, but I was okay with it. When my husband left, I I just, I mean, I didn't know what to do. I was so frightened, and I'm a very independent person. You know, I just couldn't believe that. I mean, I sat there worrying about what was going to happen to me. I mean, it just, you go right into fear. I was hurt beyond measure, I I didn't understand it. I didn't really know what had happened. I just knew this person didn't want to live with me any longer. Mm -hmm. So it took me about a little over a year of just being on the phone with friends. I went to a psychologist for a while, but basically it was my friends that that were my support, you know, over the phone and through email and visits back to New Jersey. I probably went back to New Jersey three or four times the first year. But I decided I knew enough that there was something that I needed to learn from this, and if I didn't learn what it was, something even worse might happen Mm -hmm. in order to get me to learn it. So I sat down at the computer, and I'm not a writer by trade. I I was a pharmacist, you know. Mm -hmm. But I just sat at the computer and I started writing what I guess you would call a personal journal. And I just unburdened all the pain and hurt and anger and everything that I was feeling. But I was able to do it from the position of being the observer, like Eckhart Tolle talks about in The Power of Now. You need to observe. And it was... It was in the writing of the book that I started to recognize the lessons that had been present in the moment when I was having these experiences, wow. but I was in such an emotional state that I never saw them. Okay. So That, that, that is something
1: so uh, important to realize, that everything that we go through, there's a lesson in them.
5: But sometimes everything, you, have to,
1: yes. you have to wait until we, and it sounds like you went through a grieving period. And Terrible. Terrible. Uh, It was,
5: you know, to me, and I still feel that way, the man that I fell in love with, and I mean, it was, I was, you know, very much in love, and we were very happy, I thought, for a long time. And it was like a death. It was actually like my best friend died.
1: Yeah. I've heard many people who have gone through a divorce say divorce is really worse than death because with death, you know, that that person, you know, is their time to go, and they didn't want. They may not have wanted to leave, but it was just natural. Death is a natural process, but with divorce, yes. you never understand why. Even you know, sometimes people go through therapy, therapy, and and find out the issues, but you really never understand why. Uh, you go through a divorce or why the divorce took place. Is that is that something true with you? I've heard uh, a lot. Yes,
5: of- I I I. The, the reason I think that it's worse and that people have said that to you and, and not, you know, it's hard to be able to to compare them when my experience is that, you know, that person left and it's a divorce versus him dying. Mm-hmm. But what happens is all of your memories for all your 30 years together, they become tainted. Mm-hmm. And yes. it took me a very, very long time, and that was what all the writing Helped me do a long time till I could get to the point where I can remember the life we live together now without the memories being tainted yes, and it takes you know it takes a lot of really a lot of work and and people just need to find whatever their outlet might be for expressing the emotion and for being able to look as the observer you know, at these situations that have happened. And as I would be writing, all of a sudden I'd be reading what I'm writing, and I'm like, oh, my God, it would be some, you know, amazing thing that I was learning that I had completely missed. And had I not sat down to write this, I probably never would have figured it out. You know, so the, the writing was amazing. I shared portions of it. With friends back in New Jersey, and they were very supportive and very encouraging and they were the ones that actually convinced me to make it into a book. They said you've you know uncovered so many amazing lessons and the way that you know I've expressed it it's very easy for them to see that, mm-hmm. and you know it would really help that there were many, many people out there that could benefit so that okay. was actually how it became a book that had not been my intention from the start
1: you were just trying to get your own healing
5: and therefore
1: help somebody else so give us uh, some nuggets how can we let go of something so hurtful as divorce and you feel like you know you've been ripped you're like you said you're you lost your best friend how can a woman uh begin to her healing and transformation by letting go Uh, what things are you going to let go of after you experience Uh, a divorce
5: what I found out, and this, this was you know, this was probably it took me a little over a year to even start to write, and it took a little more than a year to write it. By the time I finished writing it, I was fairly well healed and, and had learned. What I discovered through that entire process is that there are levels of letting go and healing. Mm-hmm. And I would think that I had let go of everything I needed to let go on a given topic so to speak, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden more would come to the surface. We can't we really can't heal until we can let go. I don't believe you can let go until you actually recognize what this pain has come You know, I always heard people say, well, you know, pain has come come to teach you, and I thought, well, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But having lived through it, I absolutely now understand that, you know, that the hurt, the grief, the anger, um, it does all come to help you look at these lessons. You know, when our life is going really well, we don't sit down at the end of the day and say, gee, what, what did I learn today? What should I learn right. from what happened today? Right. It's in our darkest times, and this was this was the darkest time for me. I mean, while I was up on the, the mountain before I found the house that I'm currently living in, I mean, if it wasn't for my animals, I probably could have just left this life experience. hmm and you know come back another time it was that dark mm-hmm. but i was a- afraid you know who would take care of my animals i had mm-hmm. dogs and cats and horses right but so i was that that low and now mm-hmm. i mean i'm i'm very happy
3: so. mm-hmm.
5: happy and content and if you would have ever told me that 5 years ago i would have said it's it no i'll never smile again right well, you, I mean, you I said was something miserable. so key.
1: A lot of us think that letting go is is a one time thing, and, yeah. and and you know we come to this aha moment. But like you said, I love what you said. There are levels of letting go. It's like go.
5: peeling an onion. Yes, you take off a top layer, and and in my experience, we're able to let go of the things that are the least <laughs> the least <laughs> hurtful. You know, and we, we get rid of that layer, and then some more stuff comes up. You think you've got it handled, and then something happens, and somebody mentions your ex, and all of a sudden you've got this anger boiling up. See, when this yeah. first happened, I didn't really understand why it was happening, so I went through this grieving process for for more than a year. Normally, in the my regular way, I would respond to something. If I was hurt, I would, you know, deal with the hurt very rapidly and move right on into anger at mm. being hurt. This, I stayed in that hurt grieving mode for more than a year. And then I found out, because he, he called to tell me, for whatever reason, about a month after we were divorced, he called because he thought I should know he got married.
1: Wow. Did you say a year? Yeah. Okay. Well,
5: no, a month after after our divorce. Okay. So, you know, after obviously after he left, a month after our divorce, it was probably eight eight months after he left. Wow. So this obviously, and I over time, you know, I saw the the clues, and that was part of what the writing helped me to see. Okay. The clues that were there that mm-hmm. I didn't really pick up on because I loved and trusted this man you know this okay. is your husband that you've been with for 30 years so you, you like know. you turn
1: you turn your your head and your eyes and everything else to clear cut warning signs that were there um, oh yeah
5: i i say in the book that i was living with blinders and okay. they were blinders constructed of love and trust okay. because i just never saw these things but when he called and said that he thought i should know he got married then my suspicions that I had been gathering through my, you know, time trying to process all this had been confirmed, and I went zooming right from hurt into anger, and that just, I got depressed again, you know, and I thought I had come through a lot, Mm -hmm. but the minute he said that, I was like down again, and, and then I was angry. Wow, that that that
1: will
4: that will trigger some
1: some like you said anger, uh, even rage in somebody um, to find out you was together twenty seven years, right? Married twenty seven years together twenty nine, and then yeah, and I knew
5: uh, him. I knew him for two or three years before we developed a relationship. We were together two years before we were married. So, over thirty years, you know. So, it was, and I didn't think. You know, I was told in a in a session I as coincidence will happen, which there are no coincidences, I happened to buy a house a mile away from two very dear people that have become close friends of mine, and the husband is a trans channel and a spiritual advisor. Mm-hmm. And I met him and through lots of sessions with him, you know, which are all retold in the book you know that was how i found out a lot of these things and i was told that i one of the things that i came into this life experience to try to do was to release rage over the eons and i didn't think i was capable of rage yeah we, we out, never
1: do until we're in a situation rage. Right? so our time is really winding down quickly so what is a nugget of wisdom that you want to leave with somebody who Needs to let go, especially women uh, going through divorce because, you know, that that number increases daily, the number of people getting divorced.
5: Oh, yeah. The the emails I get back from readers and their stories make mine seem like hardly anything, although it was quite traumatic. You know, they just, I think they need to put themselves first. They need to do what's best for themselves and to make decisions from a position of self-love. They need to ask themselves, you know, does this honor me? Yes. And the only way I know that you can let go is to sit down and really start to evaluate, which is what I did. And and in letting go, it helps people, you know, see through my experience how they can find things in their own lives and their own challenges um, by you know, what I did with mine, and it'll kind of show them where to look for teachers and answers and whatnot. But you can't really let go until you understand why. You have to surrender and accept what has happened. And then you can start to let go of it. But it takes a lot of work. But, you know, I come from a place of, you know, I could have ended my life, and I'm I'm very happy and content today. So it is possible, and I wanted to you know be a beacon of hope and encouragement. That you know, I thought my life was over, and my life as I knew it was, yeah. but I have a new life, and yeah, I'm very think... very happy with that life. So it can happen for you too.
1: Yeah, sometimes you have to press through the pain,
5: oh, even absolutely. the most
1: devastating pain to know that there is life after pain and that if you just keep pressing through and letting go as you write in your book, you will see a brand new life. Oh, that was so awesome. Where can people get your book, Letting Go?
5: Okay, Okay. Uh, they can find it on my website, which is Mm -hmm. NancyKaiserAnimalCommunicator.com. It's okay. available at the online Barnes & Noble Amazon. It's also available digitally through Amazon for Kindle and for smashwords.com. You okay. get like nine different digital files, so depending on what kind of a reader you have. And I have all the links to those on my website, so the website's probably the best place to start. You can also read the first chapter of it on my website. Okay.
1: NancyKaiser.com and it's available
5: Amazon.com. Nancy Nancy Kaiser Animal Uh, animal Communicator.com.com
1: and Amazon.com. Do you have any uh, upcoming projects or upcoming books? I just
5: yes, it's going to be you know a while. I just started writing uh, about my animal communication experiences. The book I always intended to write. It'll probably be a series of books. But I've been so busy trying to promote letting go and find the people who can benefit from it that mm-hmm. I just haven't had time to write. But I actually did get it started. I'm not very right. far into it, but that's that's, right. that's what I'm writing next. So we a, can
1: uh, people who want to stay in contact with you can visit Nancy Kaiser Animal Communicate. And do you have a newsletter that they can sign up for, or anything like that? A blog? No, I
5: have a blog that I do that's on the website, and my my email address is there. You know, they can reach me. Email address is in the back of the book. Um, okay. You know, so however, but now I haven't done a newsletter yet. Okay. Um, between all the animal communication consultations and the book, and also I've got a horse in training. I just yeah. need about a 48 hour day.
1: <laughs> Don't we all miss Nancy? <laughs> well, you have been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your patience and your time to uh
5: Well, thank you Tanya. I really appreciate
1: show. it. Thank you so much. We're going to follow up with you later. If nothing else, you have a fabulous weekend.
5: Great. You too.
1: Thank you Thanks so again. Much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, uh we just ended uh our interview with Nancy Kaiser and now we're going to not going to take a break. We're just going to bring um and I hope I pronounce her name right. I probably won't, but forgive me if I don't. Kama Anku. Uh, she is a life coach, author of the Unleash Your Breakthrough series. She has CDs, y- y'all. Y'all need to go to spiritualphysique.com. dot com. She is going to be a treat, so we're going to bring her on uh, the Real Talk with Tanya White show. This is her first time, but not her last. Welcome, Miss Kama. How are you?
6: I'm wonderful. You pronounced it beautifully. Thank you.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes, you must. uh, You know I've been practicing all day. (laughs) I should have called her before and said, please give me the pronunciation. But thank you. You Welcome to our show.
6: I've been looking forward to it all day long. Thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching
1: out. Before we get started, I'm loving your website. I'm going to put it up in the chat. Tell us who Kama is in her own words.
6: Well, I am a woman who is passionate about my life calling. It was um I was blessed to have it just you know kind of blasted into my spirit and my heart um 10 years ago. And I love raising people up, seeing their greatness and pushing them with love and compassion, but pushing them. That's mm-hmm. what fuels me and gets me, you know, spiritually high. I love it.
1: Well, listen, I I've never talked to you. I've never met you but you just seem like a big ball of energy. Thank you. Well, I
6: just got back from Hawaii, so okay. <laughs> I'm well rested and excited. Well, Thank listen, you. I love your website. I just put it in the chat. Uh, the spiritual physique. Let's where did you come up with that concept? Basically, there's kind of two two points of the story. The first point is I went to UC Berkeley, and mm-hmm. uh, when I got there, I was the first year, I was very unhappy. I went, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. I went wow, to a really Cleveland small round. Cleveland. <laughs> I went to a really small school, and I was used to, if I slipped up, I mean, they called my parents in if I was getting a B, right? Yeah. So I went Did you to go the, to a Catholic school. It was, a, it was private, but it wasn't Catholic. Okay. Yeah. And so I went to this big university, and even though it was, you know, it's an it's, um, outstanding school, I got lost. I got really lost and and couldn't really connect with people the way I could connect with in high school. But what saved me was fitness, physical Mm -hmm. fitness. So I I, um, got certified in personal training and teaching aerobics and um, was living at the gym. Mm -hmm. I actually was attracting a lot of people just like myself, right, where they Mm -hmm. were focusing way too much on the physical, Obviously, I was wow. a personal trainer. That's what I wanted to do, and I was really good at it. I was sculpting their bodies, but there were two types of people. About 95% were women, and two types of, of a woman would come in. One would come in with, you know, healthy attitude, saying, you know what? I, I've gained some weight. I've let myself go. Help me. Mm-hmm. Then there would be the other type of, of female coming in with this self-loathing. And wow very difficult. I would give them nutrition. I'd give them excellent personal training sessions and they wouldn't, they wouldn't change because of the internal. Yeah. And I was going through the same thing. I was doing fitness competitions and had the six pack. I could do one arm pushups. I could do all that stuff, getting compliments left, right, and center. I hated myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: I had the outside, but the inside, the, the spiritual physique was horrible.
0: Yeah.
6: <laughs> so I would, I would started reading and going to seminars. And taking what I was learning, applying it to my life, and then applying it to the ladies that I was training, and I was seeing the results just skyrocket over a couple weeks, a couple months. Decided to shift from personal training in the gym to doing life coaching. Mm -hmm. Now, it's an interesting story because I I had fallen into a a deep depression during that time of of physical fitness Mm -hmm. and dropped out of of college and didn't know what I was doing and had suicidal thoughts. And that is when the concept came to me. The the word spiritual physique wasn't quite there yet, but the concept Mm -hmm. of helping other people, it felt like like a sick joke because I was, again, in a very depressed state, and I'm thinking, how can I help other people? I can't even help myself. Mm -hmm. I knew it was God, though, so I, I wrote my book in eight weeks. Start it's to possible.
4: Mhm. Write a book
6: that in that Congratulations. Is this is the
1: Unleash Your Breakthrough book, right?
6: This is the it goes okay. with the the CD set and it's called The Three Phases of Spiritual Fitness. Okay. But that is yes, that's what the the uh, the CD set was based on. So, after the book was was written, it felt as though, you know, was God writing through me. So, I self sabotage because I wasn't ready for the power in my own book. I didn't feel the confidence and the conviction fully. So I self-sabotaged and went down some some very interesting roads, pulled mm-hmm. myself up by the bootstraps, and here I am doing spiritual physique full time, and I have clients and customers worldwide, and it's about to go to the next level in the next couple months. So wow,
1: yeah. If you just joined us, you need to go to spiritual physique and physique is p h y s i q u e dot com and see the wonderful. Uh, just everything is so pretty. First of all, thank you. Um, and you have CDs, books, uh, and everything. So, explain spiritual physique. You give a definition on your website. What is what is a spiritual physique?
6: Basically, it's, it's the way that I define it is that it's the intangible body inside of and surrounding our physical body. Mm-hmm. And every day we make the choice to either strengthen or weaken our spiritual muscles by what we think, what we say, what we do, the environments that we're in, and the people that we're surrounded by. So it, it's kind of like the way, that, in a nutshell, I like to say that life is like a spiritual health club. Yes. Yeah. Spiritual health club. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you have a great analogy on what spiritual fitness is. you will need to go to this website, and I want you to explain. You you go into a life is like a spiritual health
6: club, and explain more what you do in the spiritual health club. Awesome. Well, in the, in the book, I go through the three different phases. So the first phase is, is the cleansing phase kind of like spiritual weight loss where you get all the junk outside you know all the stuff in your mind that's stopping you and the blocks and limiting beliefs you want to lose all that spiritual weight Mm -hmm. the second part is is sculpting your spiritual body doing spiritual weight training so first of all you've got to look at the limiting thoughts and then you have to replace them just like in 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 physical health if all we do is focus on what not to eat right we still have to eat or else we're going to die Yes. So there are some people who are they're so focused on eliminating the, the limiting beliefs, but they're not replacing. And one of the, the traps, and I did this for many years, one of the traps is watching the wrong television shows.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Right?
6: They may not be rated R, they may not be triple X, but they're horrible.
4: Mm
1: -hmm.
6: It's it's basically spiritual junk food. So you want to replace. And then the last, and I'll I'll go deeper into into these three um, steps, the three phases, but the last phase is conditioning. So having some kind of spiritual fitness program, whether it's praying, meditation, fasting, continual education with uh, CDs and books and DVDs. Um, And then another aspect of that is helping other people, because I see sometimes people are Mm. stagnating because they're, they're so focused on, okay, I have to read this book, and I'm going to read this next book, and I'm all about reading. I obviously have a book, and I promote it in other people's as well. Right. But then it's about taking it to the next level and helping other people get to where you're at, even if you're not perfect, because we never will be.
1: Now, camera, you have – and this is so ironic because I've been mulling over this all week, uh, and, and, and especially for women and women in business. I get a lot of calls that are (laughs) one-sided. The relationship is no reciprocity. And I'm thinking, why do they keep calling me whenever they just want something? Uh, You have to give. Even if you think you don't have a business, you don't have a book, you still can help birth somebody and take them to the next level somehow. Why do you think we don't do that anymore as much?
6: Mm. I think some people forget how good it feels, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, when I w- used to live in my ego all the time, I, I was—that's when I was most depressed
3: and unhappy.
6: Yes. When it was all about me, all about my next breakthrough, it- it's just—it's a—it's a real sick cycle to be in. Mm-hmm. So now my prayers, of course, I pray for my health, pray for my family, pray for my finances, all that good stuff, and I pray for my clients. I pray for other people as well, and it's—it's a—it's a blessing because also when we ha- hit a roadblock. If we know that something's bigger than us, it's a lot easier to push through it. If it's just for us, sometimes we'll procrastinate, make excuses, mm-hmm. blame other people. Yeah. And and it goes on and on.
1: It goes on and on. <laughs> and if you just joined us, we're talking to uh and Anku, right? Yes, you a got it. <laughs> physique. Uh, she's a life coach, author, and just an exciting person. I could just feel it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um now let's talk about you talk about the Three phases of spiritual fitness uh, on your website, which I'm really, I really want everybody to go to because it's beautiful. It has a lot of great information. Um, so let's talk about the, those three uh, phases you talk about of spiritual fitness.
6: Okay, I've got my book right here. So in the beginning, the first thing to do is just. Uh, let me preface this for your listeners by saying a lot of what I say, I have a degree, this, that, what have, what have you. But what, what, a lot of what I say, about 99%, is very simple. Mm-hmm. It's extremely simple. So I just always suggest for people to not underestimate the power of what I have to say. I give God the glory. I'm not. I'm not trying to chew my own horn. But my right. success rate is 100% minus the people who quit or they do oh. not follow directions. Ooh, you have yeah. those clients too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I thought it was just me in Kentucky, but no, no. You've got to just do the system, follow directions, and don't quit. It's, 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 and again, just, just to parallel to physical fitness, physical fitness is the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. If people are trying to do their own thing, getting off the program, and I'm not talking about diets, just, you know, lifestyle changes, if, if they quit, you know, every other week, they're not going to get results. And the same with spiritual fitness. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. I had one client. Go ahead.
1: No, I said it's impossible because even like when you said about uh, healthy living, uh, all these diets, it seems like 10,000 diets come a year are new ways to lose weight. And it's basically the same eat less, exercise more. Uh, basically, all those diets. So uh, there's nothing wrong with simplicity. Yes.
6: Yes, I see, I have this term, I call it guru hopping. I see a lot of it that oh. happening. <laughs> mm. That's a good one. Isn't that great? Especially yeah. because we, we have the internet, which is such a blessing, yeah. but sometimes people go overboard and they're hopping from all these trainers and coaches and this, that, what have you, and they're just picking, oh, I like what this, this gal has to say, I like what this guy has to say. They're not doing a whole program. Right. And it, it pains me because they are they are putting the time in, but they don't have the real commitment, and they usually aren't paying any money, right, because they want to do everything for free. Oh, you Oh, you met those people, too. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, my goodness. I,
1: I give them all the time. Everybody's excited
3: because
1: <laughs> I give first free 15 mm-hmm. minutes, and then we'll, when you want to go deeper, that's when I say, well, I recommend this
4: <laughs> package.
1: For coaching, or we can set up times, and it's amazing how many people I never hear from. Mm. It's stuff.
3: Mm. Wow!
1: Wow! That's so amazing to me. I'm sorry. That's but, like, okay. So, uh, so relevant and so timely. Wow! You have to commit. You have to commit, and you can't. I love that guru hopping. Uh, do do you think it's because people think that newness, um, uh, is 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 less commitment and because uh, we don't commit because we fear hurt and failure. That's my philosophy. Do you think that's it, why people Google hop?
6: I agree. I think it's that, and I actually, as you know, I'm going to have you on soon. I have a radio show, and I interviewed um, one of my mentors named Danny Johnson, and mm-hmm. she put it this way. I really liked her, her take on it. She said sometimes it's like similar to a child going going to uh, his mom and saying, can I do this, and the mom says no. Then, mm-hmm. he go, and then he's like, well, let me ask Dad, because he doesn't <laughs> like that answer. Yes. Right. So sometimes people they get involved with something, then finally it's like, okay, this is what you need to do, and here's the price tag. People pray. This is, this cracks me up. They pray for something, and sometimes they think, well, if it has a price tag, then it's, their prayer isn't answered, right? Right. right. So <laughs> so what I do is I tell my story about how when I wanted spiritual physique to get to the next level, a I committed because I was you know kind of lukewarm for many years. When I once I committed, I went all out all out you know selling my car getting roommates sleeping on my couch i went and i cleaned houses i was scrubbing toilets to make money to invest mm-hmm. in myself whenever a friend would say hey let's go to the movies i'd say no thanks yeah. you know i'd rather spend that 10 15 bucks on my business right now right. i wasn't mm-hmm. buying any clothes I, you know so when people give me that excuse when they want to, to purchase i'm not going to just say that to anybody but if somebody that wants something and i know in my heart of hearts that it will help them again because if it's for the right person, that's why my success rate is that high, and I pre-screen people, but it's, it's interesting. And sometimes when I share my story, then people understand, okay, if she sacrificed, and look where she is now, right. maybe if I sacrificed, I could get yeah. there too. The S word, the S word, sacrifice. And I have a little
1: Tanya-ism. I say people cherish, cherish more what they pay for. Mm-hmm. So when you pay for it, you're going to cherish it more than just mm-hmm. simply getting it for free. Uh, so uh, that is so awesome that uh, it's about that commitment level, the sacrifice. So let's let's talk more about uh, how can we unleash our breakthrough.
6: Well, after, after we again, again commit, we make a decision, the first part is to figure out what the fear is. One of the things I love doing is, is talking to people one-on-one and, Hearing their, their goals, their visions, their dreams, mm-hmm. and then the next question is, well, what's stopping you, what's blocking you, what's the fear? Because mm-hmm. they have this crystal clear, this, this clarity, but then there's something blocking them. And it's one of, usually one of five fears, fear of success,
3: mm-hmm. fear of
6: failure, fear of rejection, fear of the unknown, and a big one that's very popular right now is fear of overwhelm.
3: Mm-hmm. They're That's thinking, a
6: good one. Yeah. yeah. They're like, okay, God put this dream in my heart, and I see the end goal, but I'm getting so overwhelmed. And the mm-hmm. answer to that is, okay, let's a have a business plan, right? Because a vision oh, and a <laughs> can you say that
1: again? Can you say that again?
6: <laughs> Get a write a business plan. <laughs> write it down. <laughs> write it down. The the funny thing is, it's kind of like um a pilot getting in the plane. And, you know, say he's in New York and he's coming to L.A., and the co-pilot saying, okay, here, here's where we're going to go. We're going to go to L.A., and he describes the vision, right? This is what L.A. looks like. There's palm trees, there's beaches. and there's... That, That's not going to help. He mm-hmm. needs a plan. He needs direction as to what we're going to do. So I hear these people bless their hearts um, that have the vision, and then it's like, okay, you have a plan. Ten out of ten times, if they have fear of overwhelm, ten out of ten mm-hmm. times when I say the question is your business plan completed? Do you no. have a business plan? Mm-hmm. It's either no, or this is hilarious. It's like, hmm, yeah, but, mm-hmm. right, it's not finished, it's not, you know, whatever. So that that is one of the biggest problems is just that they have the clarity but no plan. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you have to write it down. And when you write it down, you have to be
1: strategic and you have to follow your plan. a lot of people, uh, especially in my local community, they say, Tanya, Oh, I'm so proud of you. How do you do it? I say I have a plan. Nice. And when people come to me with things that are outside of my plan, I have learned to politely and tactfully say, No, I can't do that. But I'm, I may know somebody who can help you. Mm-hmm. And uh, people just think that no word is so offensive. But for me to be where Tanya needs to be, because Tanya has goals, I have to. I had to write a plan, and I have to follow my plan. And I had, it took me years to learn that, but once I wrote my plan down,
3: mm-hmm. when
1: you write it down, you're gonna follow it and keep it posted
6: somewhere. Exactly.
1: Yeah, you gotta do that. I love the part about
6: writing the plan down. It is so key, and and the other fears, because that's what I find is that many people, it's one of two things: either they don't know what they're Purposes and they and that's really not my field. But then they talk to a life purpose coach and whatnot, figure out what, where they're supposed to be. Um, but the other side is people who who see the vision and then they have the fears, such as the the fear of overwhelm, fear of rejection, fear of success. So pulling that out of them, a lot of times it's just having somebody verbalize it to another human being takes the the power, the potency, the weight. It, it just releases a lot of that. Mm. Just talking about it Okay, why do you fear rejection? You're going to get it, you know Oh, yes, yes When you realize that you're going to
1: be rejected Almost every week Probably every day (laughs) But it's what you do How you bounce back Because it's Mm -hmm. the fact of life Wow,
6: we understand why Wow, Mm -hmm. keep going Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, the cleansing phase Is figuring out what the fears are What's stopping you The limiting beliefs all, when I um, created my CD set, that was a few years after my book was, was printed and published, and I was doing one-on-one coaching weekly, one hour with, with, with clients. And I gathered a lot of information and saw so many themes. Hearing when we would get to the point of um, the limiting belief, they would range from, you know, I'm too this, and I'm not old enough, I'm, not, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too that. But right. underneath, the core was I'm not good enough. Yes. That's the core. That's the right? core. It makes it so easy when you when you hear a hundred different excuses, and that's what they really are, mm-hmm. uh, 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 <laughs> a kind of a crude way of saying a limiting belief, but it's just an excuse. So mm-hmm. underneath it is, okay, figure out how we can make you feel worthy while, you know, simultaneously, so we're working on the internal, but also the external while you're taking some steps. Yeah. Because that really builds the confidence because if we just sit around all day, and meditate and pray, which I do, but not all day, we have to take action steps. Then once we see some results or we're making some progress, yes. those limiting beliefs, they just become nothing. Become, become nothing.
1: Now how important, in your opinion, is it when when you're on that path? I know a lot of people go to people who are familiar, familiar to them, which can be a, a great obstacle when you're trying to fulfill a dream because people are going to tell you what they want to hear because, they have fears of losing the relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you think that when when you're on that path that you should, like, balance it out to reach out to people who have a very subjective uh, idea and way of thinking towards your goals instead of just going to people who are familiar to you who are going to coddle and caress you instead of leading you to the right direction?
6: Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, that is so important. Two two different reasons. The first reason, if we go to the to the wrong people, they may love us, but they can still be the wrong people because they you know they might sh- um, you know shoot us down or say you. I got that. My my family, we we love each other, very supportive. You know, now that they see the fruit and whatnot, but I would go to them at every single every single idea, every single revelation, and share it with them and. and Sometimes if someone isn't in our shoes, they can't see the vision the way we see the vision. And it's really not fair to expect them to because it's not their vision. Mm -hmm. It just isn't their vision. Um, And if that's not their expertise or their passion to support you in that, then it's it's just going to really hurt. On the other hand, I had a client yesterday who, who was going through some issues, and I told her, I said, you know, there's two different ways I could coach you right now. I could coddle you. I could, you know, this, that, what have you. And you're going to be in the same spot next week, the same spot next mm-hmm. year, or I could say, "Get over it it's time mm-hmm. and she said, "I appreciate that i said it's you know I, I say this with love, but enough is enough because she was she was holding on to this block that she had, and then once we uncovered some things um well again because i'm I'm not going to say her name, obviously, but what it was was she had this fear she's been extremely successful supporting other business owners kind of being behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and so now she's developing this fear of getting out there getting on video putting her name out there and she was um saying it was because of the body image once we uncovered some things and i probed her with with, um with a boldness but again with love she said camma you know what honestly now that i think about it when i was a size six size seven i still had this fear
1: wow wow and that's so true that's Oh, that's so true, especially any woman who's battled weight issues. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about the weight, it's the internal, like you say, and spiritual physique. Oh, my goodness.
6: Yes, that's, that's so true. Oh, my goodness. So it is important to, I mean, even to this day, there are some things that I do um, when I talk to family members, instead of talking about my dreams and the next step for spiritual physique, and I'm extremely excited about it, but I ask them questions. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? You know how so and so, and they don't need to know every single thing. It, while I'm creating it, they can see uh, the the end result. That way, I'm not searching it for compliments or support or whatever. Right. I, I go elsewhere for that.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, camera. Well, we we have so <laughs> parallel lives. You would be. You would, You can't imagine. Everything you're saying is like, yep, I've been there. That's what mm-hmm. I
3: learned.
1: I'm glad I learned it. Isn't so I, our time is quickly slipping away what do you want to leave with our audience our theme is moving from being okay uh, okay to outstanding all this month we're talking giving tips on how you can become that outstanding person that God has already destined for you to become so what nuggets of wisdom can you leave with our audience who either they're struggling with weight struggling with starting a business struggling
6: with really overcoming those five fears that you talked about Well, actually, I just wrote down something you said as you were asking the question. You know, God has destined us to become. Mm -hmm. So we're already destined. Mm -hmm. So if you see that vision, it's not an accident. Whatever, Whatever we have in our hearts and our minds, it is not an accident. So as long as we take one step and the first is saying yes. Not saying, well, later, or my spouse doesn't support me, or I don't have the money. Don't don't say any of that. It's just say yes, and then you take the steps to know that with God, that is my favorite scripture. With God, all things are possible. All things. All things. All things. Yes. And and just reach out to whoever you know. You, if you resonate with me, you resonate with somebody else. Get some support. There's no way I could I could be where I am today if I try to do everything on my own. If we're using, if we're in a, a mental state of fear, we can't use that same mental state to get out of it.
1: No. Wow. It
6: makes no sense.
1: Yeah, it's ins- that's insanity. <laughs> when you keep doing the same thing, or being in the same type of environment, trying to get to a new
6: place. Insanity. Exactly. Wow. I think that the main thing that I would love to leave people with, again, if if they resonate with spiritual physique, great. if they're resonating with somebody else, I'm putting together some events in 2010 to showcase other, um, you know, high-quality speakers and coaches and authors, Mm because that's the way that I coach. If someone resonates with me, great. If they come to me for help and they need something else, I want to direct them to somebody. Right. That's you know there there's no there's no such thing as competition, right it's all about collaboration so oh, I, oh it's scary camera how so similar we are <laughs> I always say that well <laughs> i've been as you know, I've been listening to you i love oh, the way i love the way you interview so because wow. you, you have it you have oh,
1: it. thank mm-hmm. you so much thank you so much, so give us your information give us um uh, where we can find you, and you will be back on Real Talk um, before uh, 2009 is up. So tell us uh, where you're going to be and where we can find you and what's up next because we are running quickly out of time.
6: Okay, I'll say it real quickly. The website is spiritualphysique.com. So you can go there. There's some free stuff. On the left you'll see where the buttons are. It's really easy to navigate the site. I'm also on Facebook, forward slash Kama on K-H-A-M-A-N-K-U, mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm on Twitter, I'm on YouTube. Just either put Spiritual Physique or Cam Anku, you will find me. And last but not least, as I said, I'm putting together some really hot events. Atlanta, Dallas, Miami, Honolulu, Chicago, Cleveland, Philly, um, where else? Detroit, New York. This is all in 2010. Okay. So um, all the information will be up shortly on the website. But that's th- these events are going to be ten powerful speakers at each event so we're our hearts are to, to just blow people out of the water with with what what's possible for them, pushing them into that next that next level. Yes, and please visit spiritualphysique.com.
1: You have you have it going on, Miss Kama. You have everything. Uh, if you want to unleash your breakthrough and get spiritually fit first, so you can be fit in your relationships and your emotions, please visit physical, I mean spiritualphysique.com. You have been. Incredible, as my friend Danielle says. Um, I love your spirit. I love your website, and we will stay connected, Miss Camel. Thank you, Tanya. God bless. God bless you. You have a great night. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. If you, if you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we are kicked off from being okay to outstanding. We had three wonderful guests: Miss Vanessa Miller, Essence best-selling author of the book Forsaken. Uh, Nancy Kaiser, author of the book Letting Go, and Miss Kama Anku, author of Unleashing Your Breakthrough. Please visit these ladies, uh, connect with them, support them. They have been wonderful. Tune in Monday. We're having a very special show um, with uh, Dr. Jamal Bryant. He's going to be on uh, with us for a special edition of Real Talk. Monday, October 5th at 530, we're going to be talking about his upcoming book, World War Me. I've read the excerpt This is going to be a hot book If you love Dr. Jamal Bryan Please tune in or listen to the archives Please get the 99 males who make your life a living hell Via TanyaWhite.com Next week we're going to have the incredible one Herself on, um, Ms. Danielle Jervie She's going to be talking about how to stand out in a crowd And we also have Layman Hicks He's going to be talking about how students can stand out uh, in a crowd and not go along to get along. October is going to be outstanding, you all. And if you take anything, get over those five fears. When you've fallen down, when you feel forsaken, when you need to let go because you've uh, experienced a divorce, uh, you just got to get spiritually fit, uh, get in the right frame of mind, and uh, everything will fall into place. We're going to close out with my fa- one of my favorite cuts on fred hammond's new cd love unstoppable it's called take my hand visit tanya com. get that uh 99 males who make your life a living hell and if you have any questions please feel free to email me at realtalk talk at dot com. i love you guys tune in monday for a special edition and get ready for the weekend talk to you next week Bye-bye. bye bye
0: Gracias.